Hey there, this is Emily. And this is Rosa. Welcome to the Unchecked Podcast. We are two women from two different countries who will talk about living life in their late 20s. Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of Uncheck. Today, we're going to talk about what type of media do we consume. If we pay for the media, for example, using Patreon, how has the way that we consume our media or the people that, you, that we follow change our outlook on life or maybe politics or maybe the way that we even do our makeup? If you share this content with others, for example, I share most of the things that I find on the internet with my friends. They know I spam them a lot. And if everything that you see, do you take it as face value? Do you consider other views or perspectives? Or sometimes do you get stuck in the echo chamber? That's what we're going to talk about today. I will kick off with some statistics that I found by the French media landscape. In France, every day, around 43.3 million people listen to at least one hour of radio. 80% of the inhabitants, so around 43.5 billion, are internet users. 23 million spend around one hour each day on the internet. And the circulation of print newspapers is declining. If you want to see more on the social media aspect, the most used social media platform in France is actually Facebook. That's it for France, at least for now. How about the States? I feel like you guys use the internet a lot more. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, so Nielsen actually recently... Uh, revealed this report that said that Americans now spend under 12 hours daily on media, right? So adults 19 plus, they targeted that population. They spend three and a half hours on TV and 5.5 hours on a computer, smartphone, or tablet. It's actually really interesting because if you even break down those numbers into age brackets, um, adults in our bracket, so 18 and 34, we spend around eight and a half hours on media in general. And then as you grow older into older generations, that actually increases um, and is tied to a significant increases in TV consumption. All to say, I think definitely when you compare these two countries, US citizens consume a lot more um, than uh, French citizens do. So Reza, why do you think um, there's such a huge difference between these two countries? I think because the French actually care about their data. For example, in the United States, we're so used to that data mining that happens in Facebook and in other applications that we don't even care about it, right? But a lot of my friends here are very conscious of this. And that's why they don't even have, like, most of my friends here do not have that Facebook application, the Instagram application. They don't have it on their phone at all. So I think that's one of the reasons they they really, really care about their data. And I mean, even though in the European Union, they actually keep your privacy a lot more than they do in the state. People are more zealous with their information. I think that's one of the reasons. I think the other reason is because in France, I mean, not, I'm not saying that the United States is not rude because I'm from the United States and there's no way I will bring my phone to a dinner with my parents because they will hit me. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that it's more okay in the United States to pull out your phone and, you know, check something when you're in a group setting, right? I think that people do that all the time. Like, for example, if you're in a group in a group setting and somebody goes to the bathroom, like, for example, if you're on a date and some and you're, the, the guy that you're on a date goes to the bathroom, you usually pull out your phone, right? 
and just start scrolling Instagram mindlessly because there's there's no one there. But I feel like the French, um, they're just more about just being in the moment. So I don't see them as much taking out their phones all the time like we do. In the States, the phone is an extension of our hand. But here, the phone is just a tool, right? Like nobody, most people don't even have their phones in their pockets. <laughs> like when I was going to university here, I was surprised that my friends, some of my friends didn't even charge their phones. They would forget their phones at their in their apartments. They would, you know, be like, oh, where's my phone? I'm like, if I don't know where my phone is, it's like part of me. <laughs> so I think that's one of the reasons why. What do you think? Yeah, and to attach to that, I think what you basically are saying is that it's more of a cultural thing, right? I also think that especially with younger generations, they are more tied to their phones with social media, right? Like having Instagram and TikTok be the way that they're communicating. There's been a lot of research in the U.S. that talks about the idea that a lot of younger generations are more attached to the screen than actually being able to communicate. And actually that in result highly affects their communication skills when they're talking to someone face to face. Um, so there's definitely a lot of that and reliance on you know, television and the reliance on social media for actually like accurate source of news. So a lot of folks are not even looking at news articles, right? They're just seeing what their friends post um, or checking their Twitter feed um, to see any new upcoming information to them. On that note, let's actually transition a little bit um, and talk about our own media spending habit. So Rosa, what type of media do you consume? And then do you actually pay to consume this media? I spend an obscene, obscene amount of time on YouTube. I have been a YouTube kid since the very beginning. So I have gotten almost all of my information on YouTube. I think I passed some computer science classes because I couldn't understand my professors because of YouTube. So I feel like I have gotten a lot of my degree because of YouTube. I started using YouTube because I play a lot of games. So back in the day when you used to play League of Legends and all of that, that was kind of like a way to see how other people were playing before Twitch. You know, these are the the times before Twitch, the times before live streaming. So that's where, how I got started on YouTube. After that, I went to college and then I started trying to learn using YouTube because that was the only way that I can that I could pass some classes because I couldn't understand the the information that was in front of me so I needed to find a different way to learn it. And then now I use YouTube more of a social like kind of like a way to to see what's going on in the states because since I live far away so I follow a lot of uh, channels like for Harriet. I follow a lot of uh, content creators. Um, that are more like pretty much they talk about what is going on in the states and kind of have like okay well this happened this is because of this also a lot of like empress and other you know kind of like uh youtube channels that are more about gossip because they're my my guilty pressures but i also like and also i love cinematography and film so i follow also the take because i really like the way that they deconstruct stuff Actually, let me let's do this. I will add attach the list of all the, con- the all the content that I watch. <laughs> if you're curious, but it's mostly about you know social change and politics. Like I also watch the great yeah, the grapevine. I also watch PRXO, and I like those kind of things that uh, talk about the society as a whole and how can we improve society. That's pretty much what I watch now. Do I pay for, for the content? To be honest, I feel like 
I'm paying a little bit because I actually try at least as much as possible because I could pretty much do, uh, you know, I'm a programmer, so I could do make it so I don't have to watch any ads, but I still try to watch some ads so they can get some money from that. But paying is, I think it's important to pay the content creators. So I do use Patreon. I am a member of For Harriet and then a member of, uh, so Rachel Carly, and if I'm, I'm probably saying her name wrong, she has an amazing, amazing Patreon channel. It's called on The Way Unlearn. Uh, you, I definitely uh, recommend it. And she has a syllabus every month where you can, you know, she sends like things that she curates books that we should read or uh, different things that we should learn. And it's so amazing because I'm also a history buff. So I have, she has taught me American history in a way that I've never seen it before. So that's that's pretty much all the content that I consume. What about you, Emily? <laughs> yeah, so while you mentioned that YouTube is kind of your main source of content, um, I'm a little bit, I have a little bit more of social media channels that um, I follow. So in the past, what I usually use it for is for social purposes. So, you know, the, Z- the Zangas, the Facebooks of the day. Um, nowadays, I don't really use Facebook anymore. One, because of all the privacy issues. Um, but the other part is I usually use Facebook to see like any personal updates from friends that I have on Facebook, but not on Instagram. So my Instagram feed looks a little bit like this. Um, I have first workout enthusiasts and trainers. Um, So the infamous Chloe Tang, which I follow, if any of y'all know her recent workouts. Um, Emmy Wong is a Hong Kong YouTuber that I follow. And she has like quick 30, 40 minute routines that I use as my daily schedule. Um, And then I love dance. They're actually a K-pop dance studio in New York City. um, And they have a media presence online. So I follow them as well. Other things are uh, more tied to my identity. Um, So I also follow Asian Boss Girl. They have their own podcast that's focused on Asian American women and their experiences. Um, And then I also have another YouTuber slash Instagrammer influencer that I follow called Weili Hong. Uh, She is just a really down-to-earth person and gives great advice. Other things, um, design and travel is really especially during this time, something I really look forward to in the future. So two, two ones I follow are Design Boom and Passion Passport. They just have such amazing photography skills that um, not only do I want to emulate, but I also definitely be, want to be in those places that they show up. Uh, and last but not least, I the last part of this Instagram uh, sphere that I follow is related more to self-improvement. So I follow a few money bloggers. Um, one is specifically how to be broke in New York. She gives like super quick and easy tips um, on how to save money and any kind of events that happen around the city. And then I also follow a few therapy content creators. So Brown Girl Therapy is one I recently followed. And I think she just has really great tips, um, especially navigating therapy and mental health as children of immigrants. Other than that, I'm also going to drop a few things um, similar to Rosa on what I do follow. But my YouTube pattern is pretty much the same. Um, One thing that I do want to point out, though, is that in addition to Instagram and YouTube and a little bit of Facebook, um, the news that I follow are pretty limited in terms of the sources I get it from. So um, in the morning, I start off by reading the skim. So skim basically gives you kind of like a really quick one pager at the top 
10 news of the day and then it also links you to the uh, news articles that relate to it um, which I think was really helpful in addition to the skim I also uh, read the chalkbeat so chalkbeat is really relevant to the industry I work in today which is education Um, so they just provide up-to-date news on education in America and I think it's particularly helpful especially I work with a lot of New York City school partners, so um, being able to understand kind of the up-to-date information, so how schools are returning back um, in the fall is really helpful. All to say, for news, I kind of keep it limited to 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I read the news daily and then I'm done because it definitely can get super overwhelming. Um, And then when I do have more free time, usually like once a week, um, I would go into the New York Times or the Washington Post uh, to look up and catch up on articles or NPR. The last question uh, that was asked was whether or not I paid to consume this media. Um, so unfortunately, uh, I realized that I do have like ad blocker on my computer. So I don't really like um, having ads on my vid- uh, videos at all, but I realized that that's something I should probably break to change, especially if I want to support a lot of these YouTubers. Um, otherwise, a lot of influencers that I follow, sometimes I do buy their work. Um, so for instance, Whaley Hong is one. Um, she has a sustainable clothing line called Women.co, and I've bought a few pieces from there just to support you know everything that she's doing um, and kind of the environment as well. So on that note, um, we did mention in the beginning about uh, consuming media and being in a um, echo chamber of sorts. So Rosa, how has the way you consume media or people that you follow kind of changed your life uh, or outlook on life and politics? I don't think it has changed my views in a way, but because I do think that I do fall sometimes into the echo chamber problem. And actually, when we were talking about making this episode I was telling you that I'm gonna start trying to make more of an effort to listen to other sides of the story because I do because of the way that I am and because I'm a little I'm a militant on my politics I do listen to people that are very similar to me that are prisoner avarice that uh, care about people <laughs> that are about you know like free health care for all and um you know, having, going to college for free and all this stuff. I do gravitate towards those type of people. So I don't listen to other views per se. Uh, And yes, I do fall into that, that I, that instead of looking for other ways to kind of challenge my views, I kind of just look for other content that reinforces my views and I think that's a very big problem especially in the United States and that's why we are in the way we are you know because we all kind of do the same thing I mean I listen to for Harriet every day and she pretty much I agree in absolutely everything she says so as far as it's good because I cannot hear someone taking their time to make the research right because what sh- what most of these, at least for the people that I watch, there's a lot of work in this content of researching what you're going to talk about, you know, finding the links, making it all together so it can be a cohesive story so people are can digest it, right? So, yes, there is a lot of uh, work in that. But at the same time, if you only listen to people that have your same views, then yes, you don't, you don't get to learn from other points of views. So I'm trying to do more of that. So that's why I started watching The Grapevine because they actually do a panel. I think it's a good way to start 
maybe like getting your your toes wet into listening to more broader aspects so what they do is they sit there and talk about one topic at a time and they're people from all walks of life and you hear their different like their different opinions about the topic so I think it's really good so what about you Emily do you feel yourself uh listening to the same thing or I mean maybe the same opinion yeah I'm very similar to you Rosa so for some context in the past I wasn't honestly that involved or informed in politics and news. Specifically after my switch to my current career, um, I'm definitely learning more and becoming more informed on like the local, national, and global level. I think the media I do consume is considered very liberal, just similar to you, Rosa, especially with just the communities I've interacted with um, and the friends I surround myself with. You know, I've been living in New York my whole life. Um, I've had times in Boston and Seattle, but it's mostly in very liberal areas. So whatever I see in terms of like Instagram posts, you know, or Twitter feeds, it's very like liberal facing. And to what you mentioned as well, the echo chamber is very real because I feel like sometimes we become so passionate about, about this one topic that it becomes our truth. When in reality, it be, it's definitely much more complex than that. And recently, I think it's so interesting we talk about this because I've been you know, reading up on some things about the ways we present media as well. So in particular with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, a lot of the things and the complexities of it um, have been trivialized into a single post or into a single sentence that's been sent by companies saying that they support the movement, but aren't necessarily doing anything to really target that, right? It's mostly for uh, quote unquote visual play. So I would say that uh, I could usually consume a lot of media that is uh, created by Asian American content creators, because I think it's really amazing to see the content they create and resonate with them. Uh, but recently, I've, I've been trying to expand my mindset and follow other um, Black, Indigenous, people of color content creators to really get their different perspectives. I think in addition to what we consume on media, it's always helpful to have the conversations with your friends. Um, so this is really random, but last week I actually met up with my Boston friends and we had this whole conversation about corporate exploitation, um, a topic that my friend brought up. And I, I think it, having these quote unquote controversial topics with, um, friends or family members, I think is really important to have because that will not only expand your mindset, right? Because other opinions are going into the space, but yeah, you could also, see the different perspectives that your friend may have, um, which might change your own perspective as well. And I think in those conversations, it's also really helpful to base it on facts and research. Um, I think oftentimes, sometimes we fall into the hole of presenting blanket statements um, without really facts to back it up because we think, oh, this is truth, when in reality, sometimes it might not be, right? Things aren't so clear cut. And I just want to piggyback from that. I think that's also very interesting because here in France, people talk about politics all the time. Like, you know, in the United States, we we're so scared of going into this quote unquote controversial topics. But here people don't give a damn, you know, like they just go for it. I feel like here in France, I think that that's the culture of debate. Right. And like you said, always source and always try to have an educated opinion before you say something because a lot of times in the states we just have opinions 
we don't really know the facts. We're just like, I feel this way about this. But I, I'm so shocked. I have learned so much moving here on how to debate, per se. Because in the States, in Miami, I was in the debate team, but it was so different than here, you know? Here, people, when they debate, they just like, ace, like they go, you know, bulletproof. Okay, this happened, this happened, and this happened. Therefore, I feel this way. They just hit you with 10 facts, you know? In the States, we are sometimes like we fall prey into, like you said, oh, I think that this is, for example, me growing up uh, in Miami watching Telemundo, which is like a Spanish, you know, media corporation. You listen to pretty much one narrative and that's all you listen to. So you think based on this, you base your opinions, right? But that's not necessarily the truth. And it's always good to see one topic from very different angles. And I mean, we live in the age of the internet, so there's no reason why not find more information about a topic, right? So that's why I think it's very important to share the information that you get, especially now during the Black Lives Matter movement. I actually have been so, I've been floored by the amount of content that I have been shared by my friends uh, from all over the world, right? Uh, just, you know, oh, I saw this uh, this video. Oh, I, I read this uh, article. I found this research paper. It was beautiful to see the the way that people like really went like out of their comfort zones to learn more about this issue. Obviously, this is like like you said, it's not about you know making a stupid bank capitalist statement like oh we support this Nike. You know, it's not about that. It's educating yourself. Is a is a life process right it's always going to be a thing you're always going to have to be in the know so I think it's very important that now that we're kind of getting the tools and kind of getting into this movement of finding information and kind of share it with each other that's very important do you share a lot of the information that you get Emily yeah I think especially with recently um with the movements um, everything else going on, I, I do share a lot of this content. If I find an interesting article or information about the current state of affairs, I actually like send it to through Messenger or a text to my friends and family. Um, there's also other things I look at, like so money management is something I'm really into right now. Um, I check in with one of my coworkers actually once a week uh, to look at investment strategies. Um, so with that, we've been also cross-sharing information. Um, and then in Instagram in general, any tips or important information I kind of cross share. But I think in just to go back to your point, Rosa, about being able to be informed in about the news, I think that's so important, not even now, but in general, right? Because like in any conversation that you end up having with a stranger or the group of coworkers, news or current events will show up. And I think it's, especially as we're growing older, it's so important to have your own informed opinion on certain topics, right? So it's not necessarily an informed opinion from what you see on NBC or any of the other media by your influencer, right? It's an opinion that's formed by your own, by being able to research and look into different topic areas and then create something that really speaks to your own values. So Rosa, when we think about consuming media, particularly about or coming from people from different backgrounds, how do we go about that journey, right? Like how can we actually look and see where the different perspectives lie? Oh boy, oh boy, that's hard, right? Because 
sometimes you just want to watch something to open your eyes, but it's just so blatant racist and you're just like, okay, forget it. I can't do this anymore, right? So I think it's very, and because of the context of the time, it's very important to, to see the difference between having someone have a difference of opinion on the way that money is going to be spent right having a difference of opinion on the budget and having a difference of opinion of the civil rights of someone right so i'm willing to and i'm working towards listen to the libertarians talk and listening to people that are more maybe conservative more on the right on how do we spend money right listening to how people are saying that maybe universal healthcare may not be a thing for the united states but we can do this other thing i'm willing to listen to that right but I'm not willing to listen to people justify racism, right? So that I have a very clear boundaries there. So with that said, I think that I'm not, that's why I was talking about the grapevine, because I think they do a good job of bringing a bunch of people that are very different and is easily digestible. Because if you go to the deep end, you know, it's going to be hard for you to sit for five minutes listening to that, right? I, I don't know. I cannot listen to Fox News for more than one minute. I tried. So it's it's little by little. <laughs> Make yourself uh, go to that direction, I guess. I mean, for example, I like to watch people that, that like to make... that. I wouldn't say criticize, but make say things about things that are popular that may not necessarily be... Kind of go against... Not a hipster, but kind of going against what everybody thinks, right? Because people may say, listen to me that I'm liberal, but I'm not. I'm even more left than that, you know? So I'm just saying that, for example, I love like Rachel Kelly in her, and sorry that I keep butchering her name, uh, with her unlearn series. She gave us, uh, in Patreon, she gave us a syllabus. Well, not a syllabus, but like a list of like 10 uh 10 different uh, articles to read about Hamilton and how Hamilton might be not the best way to portray Pac because it kind of erases how slavery hurt people, you know? Because we see in Hamilton, you know, like people from all over, like from all different races singing, but that wasn't the case, you know? that, that That's not how things play out. It's kind of a very utopian way of seeing what happened in American history, which was not like that, because American history started, so-called American history started with, you know, the, the genocide of one people and the enslavement of the other. So that really doesn't get portrayed in Hamilton. And I love Hamilton, you know? So I was reading that and being so upset. But I think that that's important, you know, to make yourself uncomfortable. Right. Even if you don't want to listen to it because you're like, I just want to be in my bubble and like, you know, love Disney and consume it blindly. Sometimes it's good to make yourself uncomfortable because that's the only way that you learn. What do you think? Yeah, Rosa, I completely agree with that. I think recently I've been trying forcing myself to feel uncomfortable. But yes, to be honest, that's the only way I can really learn. Um and to to my, your point, like form your own opinions. So yeah, so to your point, I think what we encourage our listeners to do is when they are presented with an opinion, be able to really back it up with facts and understand the full context of the situation. Um, your panel idea was great, Rosa. I actually follow this uh, YouTube 
content creator called uh, Jubilee. And so they actually also have uh, panel discussions as well as actually like people from different sides of the spectrum about a common topic. And they actually bring them together to talk about it within a certain time frame um, and a certain amount of prompts. So I think it's just a great way to be able to humble you in the fact that like you're not always right. <laughs> sometimes you're wrong and sometimes your opinions um, or what you say as facts might actually not be facts at all. Uh, so that's that's definitely a great advice. Jubilee, isn't it the one from the Hermy Baby series where or something like that, where, <laughs> where you get to speak to your ex-boyfriend or something like that? Yeah. I love watching those. <laughs> I love I uh, like the the ones that they bring like 10 different people and then you're like guess who are siblings or guess who dated each other and then they put people and then they have to guess yeah that's exactly it uh, I mean they have serious topics and non-serious topics as well so it runs the gamut um, so like on that note I guess what are some guilty pleasures that you follow so I actually added it to the list of podcast that I watch but I watch the Empress channel and he's pretty much like just I want I want to say junk because it, you know like she really speaks really well and she makes her videos very interesting but it's just about celebrities you know and they talk about like it's pretty much like the shade room and they talk about who has beef with who oh it's called impressive not Empress sorry I have really bad with names but yeah it's called impressive and it just talks about different celebrities and you know for example the whole jada will thing and all these different stuff so yeah they have kind of like a commentary on celebrity gossip i love watching that and wendy williams i love watching me some wendy williams what about you <laughs> that is hilarious i actually recently heard about uh the recent beef between was it will smith and Jaden? <laughs> you have no idea Is it, what's her name Jaden? so let me tell it to you in like five seconds so jada and will smith are married but jada got oh, in an, into an entanglement with someone else <laughs> yeah i heard yes that's what, exactly what i heard and then will smith and his and jada were both like unhappy marriages for life or something and people were like what is pretty much that's pretty much it the end that's the end of the story <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh about that, but it's so funny you bring it up because I literally just recently saw it or chanced upon it yesterday. You know, it's crazy because we're in the middle of a pandemic and this shit is going on and you're like, why am I watching this? But at the same time, it's like, I am in the middle of a pandemic. I need to laugh. Let me just watch this. <laughs> I agree with you all the way. Um, so embarrassing content, I would say, would be... I don't think it's embarrassing, but it's kind of like mindless. So sometimes on YouTube, there's like these amazing like million dollar house tours. So I sometimes watch that to torture myself on what I can't have. Um, other things, I I also watch a lot of Korean dramas. Um, so in addition to like watching the dramas on YouTube, I like go to like the behind the scenes to look at like the actors like chemis chemistry off screen, which I think is super cute. And then on Instagram, I like follow a lot of things related to like cute babies and dogs so babies is kind of weird because it's been a recent infatuation of mine maybe because I'm getting older there's this cute baby influencer called Laura is and um her babe she has two babies now um and they like dress up in the cutest costumes so I like every time I, I see one I like it lights up my day 
And then I also found this baby called Kobe Eats. So it's like he's basically like making food. Um, obviously, his mother is like helping him, but he has like whole chef's hat on and he's like cooking spaghetti or like making little snacks. Um, and it's the cutest thing. And then with dogs, I just love, you know, I always wished I wanted a puppy. Um, so I live vicariously through looking at dogs online. <laughs> I do too. I love following dogs. I love when people share dogs with me in Instagram, especially videos where they're doing cute things. Like I love Pomeranians. They're kind of like me in animal form. <laughs> I think that's what I like about in a way the media because it's pretty much an algorithm. So what you click is what you get. So actually at first when I went to go a breakup and stuff like that, I was in a very dark state state of mind per se so I could see my Instagram kind of like reflecting that right and then when I got my shit together and I started like following those empowerment quotes and like self-care and all of this stuff and also started like following Chloe thing and like you know all of these things kind of changed the way my mood you know it it made improve my mood I was you know doing more exercise so I have more have more energy and I really think that as crazy as it sounds, the the media you consume actually does something to your psyche. It can make you really, like, it can empower you to do things. It can make you happier, you know? Like, instead of, like, because sometimes I feel like a lot of us get stuck into the, let me watch, you know, like, really pretty Instagram models all day, which is good. But then sometimes you don't, get anything out of it right sometimes it's better to just watch other cute things like dogs or other things that are not just so like crafted for you that they're just natural and beautiful in their own way without photoshop (laughs) i totally agree with you i think in the past i used to follow a lot of influencers but then i i I realized that like it did not do any good in my psyche because I was seeing this like perfectly portrayed picture of them. Um, So now at least with like babies and dogs, it's like I can never really have it. Right. And I guess until the future. So it's not something that directly impacts me. But I think in general, like especially in the beginning of the year, I had this whole like 2020 goal of like lessening my media consumption. And I think all that went out the window because of covid and quarantine and just spending hours on time looking at at the screen Um, but maybe it'll be helpful for our listeners to go on your phone and like check um, how much instagram or twitter or facebook you consume and i think well we might be surprised at the results we see and then also thinking about like ways we could sometimes even detach from our social media and look outside the window or like call a friend and talk to them you know just to get off the screen a little bit because while media does really help you, and especially depending on what time of life you're in, um, it can make you happy, it can make you sad. I think at, at some point, we should be able to detach from media at one point and realize that there's all this world to explore and all these people to meet that isn't necessarily um, kind of siloed into a single screen. That is so true. So at the beginning of the year, I was dating someone who literally had no smartphone before 2019. Like, it was crazy. I mean, this is what happens when you date computer scientists. But anyway, so I was like, how the hell do you do this? Like, I do not, like, I can, I wake up and the first thing I do is check my messages, right? So then he made me realize that 
a lot of the times when you're on Instagram, it's pretty mindless. You don't even know. Like, for example, he would tell me, okay, go, like, when I, after he would see me on Instagram, he would tell me, what did you just see? And I couldn't even recall, you know, because you're just mindlessly scrolling. So if you actually, every time you are, like, you take your phone in your hand and you actually, like, are practice mind, like, being in the moment, you know? So if you practice that and you're like, okay, right now I'm going to spend five minutes looking at my feed. If you're more present, then it actually like makes you go into your phone less because, you know, like for me, it used to be like the worst habit. Like here people in France, people freaking hate it. You know, when you're always on your phone looking around, it makes them seem that you're, they're not, you're not interested in what they're saying. So a lot of people actually, like a lot of my friends here told me that they thought that that was rude. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't even do it like on purpose. I would just mindlessly go through my phone. Like every like 30 minutes, I would check my emails. I would check all these things. Like who, like who is going to message me like at 11 PM? I have no idea, but I just, you know, I needed a constant reassurance. So now every time I have this like, you know, ants to touch my phone, I do something else, you know, I try to read a book or, you know, run, I don't know, because I have realized that sometimes I just grab my phone for because I have nothing else to do. And I just waste time on my phone, not doing anything because I don't even remember what I did. So I think that's very important. Yeah. And I'm so glad we were actually able to talk about uh, this topic in our podcast. I hope this gives a little bit of light uh, to our listeners about the way we consume media, right? And then also an accountability for us to really practice what we just preached in the 30, 40 minutes we talked to you today. Um, so we were able to really talk about what type of media we consumed, how that changed our outlook on life if it did, um, and then thinking about whether media really is consumed for us at its face value or if we actually look at other views or perspectives. Um, so we encourage our listeners to give us your thoughts and your comments. What media do you consume? Um, let us know if you're interested in any of the media clips and content that we both watch, which we're going to share in the podcast notes later on. Um, yeah. And then overall, just being able to talk more to us. If you find any of the topics or anything that we said really interesting or resonated with you. And so on that note, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.